Hey Team Fairchild and everybody else out there listening, welcome to another Refuel Team Fairchild episode. You guys know the drill, we're always looking for ways to increase connectivity amongst the community. Every episode we'll be reaching out to members around the base willing to share their stories of leadership, followership, some resiliency stories, some examples of failure and success, and so much more. So let's get this chapter going. Refuel Team Fairchild and Sergeant Northam again. On this episode, we're sitting down with Chief Master Sergeant Kevin Osby, the Senior Enlisted Advisor for the Army and Air Force Exchange Services, headquartered out at Dallas, Texas. Good morning, sir. Thank you for joining us. Hey, good morning, Sergeant Northam. How you doing? I'm pretty good. How, how are you liking Fairchild so far? Man, I'm loving it. The, the weather's beautiful. Uh, uh, normally, I've been here twice, and every time I've been here, it's been snow on the ground, so I haven't really got a chance okay. to see what... Uh, uh, Spokane looks like, but now I actually get a chance to see what it looks like. So, but it's a beautiful, beautiful day. Uh, loving, you know, being here and, and talking with you and, and getting to know the mission here at Fairchild. Fairchild is very, very happy to have you come out here. I know Mr. Burst is over in the corner. General manager. General manager. Yeah. And so I hope you really enjoy your tour while you're here. Absolutely. So can you just tell us a little bit of your background, maybe where you came from when you joined, what other bases you've been to? For me, I, I joined the military in uh, September of 1997, and it was September 8th of 1997. I'm going to come back to why that, that's kind of significant, but um, I joined the Marines. So I started off oh. as, a, as a Marine, Okay. and uh, I did four years in the Marine Corps, and I, I got out, went back home. I'm from, originally from Shreveport, Louisiana, and uh, I got out because my oldest son, my oldest son now, uh, he was a baby, and, and I just was like, you know what? I need to go get closer to home so I can be a father. Sure. But I didn't, I didn't have a plan. I didn't know what I was going to do with the rest of my life. So um, after sleeping on my couch, my mom's couch for <laughs> a few months, I, uh, I decided to uh, join the Air Force Reserve. And okay. so I joined the Air Force Reserve for about three and a half years. And then I realized in the reserve, you don't get your retirement check till you're like 63. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's a long time. So I was like, let me go back active duty. Uh, went back on active duty in 2000. And yeah, I've been here ever since. I've uh, a medical by trade, okay. so I'm a, a medical a health services management or medical administration by trade. Uh, how, yeah, it's I've had a, a, a weird journey, I guess, compared to, to most airmen. But I always try to take that marine experience that I had to kind of give a little bit talk. When I talk to the airmen, I, I try to give them a little bit more perspective on what their brother and sisters in arms are, are doing or how they're living oh, kind of like okay. the dorms and all this other stuff is like okay you guys don't have bunk beds in the air force so just you know just trying to put life in perspective yeah. for folks that don't know uh, what other services have to have to go through very true um where else have you been stationed so i was uh stationed in uh so i was at barksdale doing the reserve thing for a little bit and then when i came back on active duty i went to wilford hall uh, in san antonio okay, okay. And I kind of did the the 410. If you ever been to San Antonio, it's called a Loop 410. They got like three bases along. So I, I was at Randolph for a little bit, and then I came came back to uh, Kelly. Okay. It's an annex outside of Lackland. Yeah. Uh, I did a, a few years there. So I was there for a total of like nine years, and then uh, I went to Herbert Field for about two and a half years. Then I was at, stationed in DC, which uh, I was trying to avoid. Stationed in D.C. for uh, about a year, and then uh, I was at Keesler before I got to this job. Nice. What were you doing at Keesler? So I was a, a squadron superintendent uh, for the medical diagnostic and therapeutic squadron uh, at cool. Keesler. So that was your 
uh, laboratory, that's your pharmacy, that's your x-ray, that's, uh, we had uh, nutritional medicine, we had some other, um, flights, but yeah, it, it was a, it was kind of outside my comfort zone because I'm normally used to doing a medical support squadron. Sure. But uh, I learned a lot. And so, but they said you got a chief. So I, I, I know how to chief. So I was able to kind of figure out what they do and, and how to help the most effective way I could. Nice. Nice. So I know I didn't realize that there was a chief master sergeant that kind of oversaw all things AFES. Can you kind of explain what you currently do? So I didn't know. You know, <laughs> I, I, I saw the job ad. And uh, to be honest with you, uh, I saw where the, the job was at. And it was in Dallas, Texas. And I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana, which was really close to home. And so I was like, you know what? I think I'd love to, you know, have be close to home, especially at this point in my career. And, you know, I got my, my family's getting a little older and just being able to go back and forth. I thought that was important. And um, so, you know, I got an email that says, hey, they got this uh, AFE senior enlisted advisor job. I was like, what what the heck is that? And so I called the gentleman that was in the seat, uh, Chief Sergeant Louis Reyes at the seat at the time. Okay. And he explained to me, like, you're, you're, um, you're kind of like the military. Um, we, we have about 28 military folks in, oh. in, in the exchange. But Army and Air Force. Okay. Uh, but you're, he said, you work for the CEO and you're the advocate and for, for military members. And so, you know, my job is to go out to different bases. I get to visit the associates and, and, and recognize them and, and show them love and also talk to leadership and be able to translate because sometimes, you know, when, when leadership's talking to, uh, to military to military, it just, it, it kind of goes over a little bit differently. You know, sometimes, sure. They feel like, okay, he understands because we wear the same uniform or, or uniform that looks like this one. So, so I get a chance to travel and, and go and be the liaison for, for this great organization. Uh, learn so much about being in this position. I didn't realize how much the exchange did for our military community. Uh, but, uh, you know, traveling, then I, of course I field a bunch of questions. So once you start, you know, people know who you are, you'll get a call, calls from command chief, like, like Chief Guzman. <laughs> Chief Guzman, uh, he, he caught me at, uh, the AFSA annual conference. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, he tracked me down. Okay. <laughs> and once he found out I was an atheist and, and I like, I love to see leadership being super engaged with the exchange. And so I can tell that, uh, Chief Guzman, uh, is really, really engaged and, and wants to do his, whatever he can do for the, for the airmen that are, are here at Fairchild. So, uh, I love to see that. And he's like, you need to come to Fairchild. And so, you know, I, here I am. I'm here. I want to see what you guys got going on and uh, just appreciate the invite. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Chief Chief has definitely been a big advocate for any innovation we have on this space. Absolutely. What would you say maybe one of the most rewarding experiences in this current job has been? Uh, just most rewarding is just, you know, just seeing what our airmen and, and soldiers are doing out there every single day. Um I, but I, I also get rewarded by the uh, the passion that the folks that work within the exchange or uh, APHIS is what um, also is known as the passion they have for serving the, the military folks. Because I just got a chance to to kind of walk our exchange here, okay. um, and I got you know uh, a gold star family member um, bro- brother was an army star first class that that was killed in action. Uh, you you got uh, I think Jimmy's a the dependent of a of an Air Force chief. Yes, and so 
they're all connected. We're all connected in, in some form or fashion. And, and I, I don't think I really appreciated that when I was on active, you know, when, before I was working for this organization, I went in and I went to go get my gummy bears and, and my beer from the black class six on Fridays. And yep. I didn't really put a face. So what really kind of brought it home for me is uh, I've deployed before and, and I didn't kind of point two and two that the folks on the front line that are, that are selling us goods and services downrange are exchange employees. And so the fact that they volunteered to, to get deployed mm-hmm. with us to make sure that we have this and have that, like Amazon's not deploying with this. Walmart's not deploying with okay. this, all these store stores. So you have, uh, people that are committed to, to giving us the, the best goods and services we can think of. So that's the most rewarding thing for me is a, of course, you know, being a military member, I just appreciate all what we do on a normal basis. But B, just, you know, the folks that support us, they are really, really connected to our community uh, in more ways than we even. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I mean, we just learned, I'm thinking for some of my listeners, this is new information that there are enlisted members uh, or just members in general in the military that are attached directly directly to APHIS. Oh, yeah. Is there anything else maybe unique that you can share with us or any ongoing endeavors that maybe? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, I always want to harp the fact that we, um, whenever you're spending your money with the exchange, 100% of those earnings go back into the military community. We About two-thirds of it, we we give money back to the Army and the Air Force. And the other third, we, we reinvest into the company to, to give you a better shopping experience. So whenever we are remodeling something or, or building something new, that's, that comes from the earnings. So like it's a DOD organization. So it's not going to some company or like Jeff Bezos so he can go up to the space for like five <laughs> seconds and then come back down. Uh, we just, you know, your money is being reinvested into youth center or or fitness centers and all kind of things that you uh you guys take advantage of on base and so that that part is what really kind of i try to drive that home every time i talk to somebody about that uh what was the second part of your your question you was uh like you know when we interviewed mr burris he showed or he told us about i think all the stuff up front now where you can uh, buy online and have it delivered from our location or from other locations to go wherever it need be or okay. just spread yeah. out front all the new technology that's coming online is there anything up and coming maybe for APs that you're allowed to share yeah so um we we're, we're in the tattoo business i don't know if you've oh. uh you've uh heard about that but uh and, and i not saying it's coming here i don't know what, what the rollout is but um we've opened three tattoo shops uh one at nellis one at mcdill yep. and one at fort bliss okay uh, and so that's a new business. We're also uh, kind of diving more into the medical. We, we got dental clinics that we're opening up oh, inside wow. of APHIS. And okay. so your dependents can be seen at these dental clinics, chiropractic. We got uh, a lot of medical things that we're going to try to start putting in malls. We're also uh, working on DoorDash. Uh, we got some DoorDash places, pilots that we've got out there in the world. So folks can get you know, it's all about convenience. Life is all about convenience. COVID kind of showed us that, that people, you know, uh, I can order groceries and, or order food and it being delivered. So, uh, we're, we're definitely in tune to what the customers want. And so th- those are a couple of, of initiatives that we're, that we're, um, I think we're doing some branded fuel as well. 
okay. you know, a lot of our expresses are going to start changing into Amico or BP or Valero. Okay. And so there's a lot of perks that come with that to include being able to use your military star card off the installation at those at those specific. Oh, wow. Yeah. So okay. so I'm not sh- I think the West Coast is more, I think, BP maybe or. Could agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so you'll start seeing uh, the branding on your actual shop it here. And then uh, the ability to use your star card at a at a VP or whatever you have, whatever that same same company is off base. So uh, they're, they're really diving into um, all the to keep up because I mean we're a retail store and we do a lot for the military community, but we got to keep up with our competitors and we, and whatever they're offering. We're, we got to figure out how to how to offer the same thing. Cool. Yeah, I I did. I was stationed at Mil- uh, McDill. Oh, were you? Okay. A couple of years ago, it was before the tattoo shop had been put in place. Okay. But I remember thinking how interesting and how convenient, especially for if you just wanted a quick tattoo or you had an idea. Yeah. Or well, maybe I mean, tattoo artist was the one that just happened to move in there. Well, it's a, it's a very, very reputable uh, tattoo studio um, that has a lot of studios throughout the country. You know, to be honest, you know, our airmen will go downtown and they may get a tattoo from a real sketchy strip mall or yeah. some. Sometimes. Yeah, and you just don't you don't know. And so for us, we were like, well, we have a captive audience. Um, you know, folks are getting tattoos. It's it's a, it's a different if it, it's a different time. When I first came in, you had to tell everybody which your tattoo, and they had to expect it every year. And and then if you got a tattoo, you're supposed to report it. It was just it was just a, a whole. It was way too much. Very true. But uh, but now you know people are coming in with tattoos. It's not it's not taboo anymore. But you have a safe and secure environment. Uh, on base, which they're not gonna, they're not going to uh, tattoo anything unauthorized on okay. you as well. So they right. they understand what we um, what 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 our limitations are, and sure. they won't exceed those limitations. If you go on base, you can pretty much get whatever you want. Sure. Okay. So no neck tattoos. No neck tattoos. <laughs> no hand yeah. tattoos. <laughs> but the medical stuff I found really intriguing too. Maybe I'll finally be able to get my husband to go to his dental appointment yeah, that I yeah. keep paying for, and he decides he doesn't need to go get his teeth cleaned. Yeah, it, I mean, just the convenience of having it on bases is uh, is everything. Yes. You know, and so it, it's definitely something that we are trying to expand, and I'm glad to see it. To be honest with you, I think we're going to try to in the future. I don't, we don't have anything set, but we're going to try to dive into some. Uh, some mental health as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's huge in the military community. Yes. And um, it's a shortage, you know, throughout the country. And it, it's, you know, it, it's one of those things that that we, we need to definitely be able to supplement what, we, what, what bases have already sure. with some type of mental health um, um, facility or counseling facility or something like that. Oh, that's really good to hear, too, especially that one. We've been trying to get more MPLAX around our base. We have a couple embedded within our bigger squadrons. But just having more places for people to go and outreach to yeah. would be excellent. So that that kind of just tells you that that the exchange is is really locked into your readiness and your resiliency. Like um, you know, just having the stuff that you need over there at the actual BX itself. But uh, we're, we're we're fully committed to readiness and resiliency for our, our servicemen. Appreciate that. Yeah. Chiropractor is huge, especially in the maintenance world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all pick up some weird stuff. So. <laughs> they won't be out of business. They won't go out of business. I do know that. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit now and just kind of get to know a little bit about you again, if okay. that's all right. Uh, you and I just happened to talk out in the parking lot about professional enhancement and some, some of that stuff. How do you, what's your take and why do you think 
professional enhancement seminars or anything along the those lines are important for our airmen. Yeah, I I just think the military itself is is just an amazing organization that we pride ourselves in, in in training the bench or or training our replacements or whatever the case may be. And so to have an organization that that's deliberately trying to make sure that you have all the tools that you need to succeed, you're just not going to find that. And, you know, sometimes in the civilian world, it's you're trying to take my job. I'm going to withhold information. I'm not going to share this. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but the military designed to 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 deliberately develop other people. And and I just I really enjoy that. And so anytime that I got a chance to to teach a course or like I said, I've I've sat on two promotion boards. And so I get a bunch of requests to to do promotion board briefings and just, you know, of course, you know, when you've done a promotion board, everybody wants to send you their EPRs. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I got enough to review. But like I said, I I love it. I enjoy it. Uh, I think professional development um, is kind of what we do on a regular basis. You don't have to have a class to to say you're being professionally developed. You get professionally developed pretty much every day with experiences and, and conversations and um but you know when you're actually going to those courses i think uh you get a chance to a hear from experts and b you get a chance to meet other people outside of your 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 shop or whatever the case may be which those relationships could help you um in in the future i told i was talking to sergeant collins uh yesterday when he picked me up from the airport about relationships are freaking huge that's the only reason I got this job is because of a relationship. Nobody's, you know, nobody's looking at a chief EPR. Who's reading the chief EPR? Nobody. Nobody cares. Um, but whenever your name comes across somebody's desk, people want to know, okay, who do you know? And who knows you? Who can vouch for you? And that's all based off your relationship. So, uh, taking advantage of, of actually getting out of your office, getting out of your shop, going to a professional enhancement seminar or some type of professional development, whether it's Maxwell, they got all kind of different things that they do. But um, those are opportunities to, to to develop relationships that could come back and be beneficial for you in the, in the future. Sure. And actually, one of the things that you said earlier about how you got the job and reaching out to the chief beforehand, I reached out to the career advisor beforehand because he just happened to see me in senior NCOPE. I was in the last class he mm-hmm. had had. And just making those connections, I would have never thought about it. And he just happened to see me and said, hey, you might be good at this. Yeah. You should put an application in. You reaching out saying, what is the job? I, I can see what you do, Sergeant Barrett, right now, but what am I not seeing you do? Exactly. Help me prepare for the, the lesson and for, for the job and whatnot. So. Yeah, and the thing is, is, is he probably had no issue sharing that information on how you, to make you successful. And I just don't think you're going to get that in in uh, any other organization besides the military or the DOD or whatever the case may be, because we we are here to 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 lift people up while we're trying. Even though we're climbing, we're we're climbing and lifting at the same time. And so I've always uh, I didn't really put a lot of understanding to that when I when I was younger. Right. It was all about me. I was probably a little bit selfish. You know, it is what it is. You you got you grow up at some point in your life. Sure. Uh, but then once you get to a point to where you're like, man, it's it's not about me. It's about, you know, just making sure it's a better place for all of us. And and once you get that, you know, that mind frame, it's man, life 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 just hits a little bit different. So now that you said that, that was perfect because I was gonna ask you, can you give the listeners maybe a couple of takeaways? First thing is find a reason to love what you do. Um, like I said, when I first came in, 
it was all for selfish reasons. And, and some of them, you know, was family. And some of them really meant a lot to me. But uh, that was a reason for me to do well or try to progress amongst the ranks. And then later on in life, life became about helping other people. So I love to help other people. And uh, that's, I get paid to do that. And so I just like, you know, so once you find a reason to love what you do, it's, it's not really a job anymore. Probably another takeaway is find a mentor early. Uh, I, I think I was um, a little bit too reserved to, to ask people for help. I thought I could figure out life on my own. Uh, kind of stubborn in that way. Once I realized that people, especially old people, now that I'm old, I'm just like, <laughs> we, we just literally wait on people to come and ask us for help. Like this is, I mean, we love to hear, it. like I said, if, if a two-striper came up and was like, hey, chief, can we be my mentor band? Something does that, you know, I'm just feel like, okay, man, I wonder what I did to, to make him, uh, him or her respect me or admire me enough to ask me to be a mentor. Yeah. So you got people that, that you might even, you know, not even see from a distance that, that you really admire, respect, and they would absolutely love to help you out. So find a mentor, uh, and just have fun. If you're going to invest any amount of time, whether it's four years, whether it's 20 years, if you're not having fun, then it's going to be a, it's going to be, a, that's going to be a long, long career or long term or whatever. And so I've always had fun. I've always, most things in life aren't that serious. I think a lot of folks make it that serious, but most things in life aren't that serious. There's a few things that should make you want to jump on a desk and, or flip a desk over, like a very few things. And um, but you know, not not to take any way to take anything away from the desk flippers, because that's <laughs> I guess they get some type of satisfaction out of it. But but uh, just have fun and and enjoy yourself and and, um, and love love the folks that you're with, love your family, and just choose to be happy. That's why I tell people, I'm not here to recruit you or keep you in for 20 years. I want you to just, you know, make the best decision for yourself and your family and, uh, and just be happy at the end of the day. So, uh, but figure out what happy is to you. So, uh, just really, I think some people don't, don't have a really good understanding of what happiness. They think they understand, but when it comes down to it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a small stuff that, that really, I, I think personally makes people happy. Thank you. Since we're kind of going back backwards now, okay. Just curious, and there's no wrong answer, obviously, because all five, six branches of the military are equally as important. Okay. Would would you would you have done the exact same path you did? Would I change anything? Yeah. Oh no, I wouldn't change a thing. Start like off I said, as a Marine. start off. I needed the Marines. Yes, I was sir. I was a little rough around the edges. <laughs> uh, I needed some structure in my life. I didn't know I needed structure because, like I said, me being in the Marines was not a plan at all. It it was basically uh, me trying to get the recruiter to stop calling me. Uh, and so I signed up and I was in a delayed entry program for about eight months until I graduated high school. But uh, but but I knew if I could do four years as a Marine, I can I could do anything. And that's the mentality that I went into the Marine Corps with. It definitely set me up for success. It showed me a different um, side. Just it, it just it, it just it was a complete 180 from my lifestyle. Okay. And so, of course, while I was living that 180 lifestyle, I wasn't too fond of it. But now that I could be able to kind of look back and and uh, with some with some perspective, I'm like, you know what? It wasn't bad at all. It kind of set me up for success. Like I wouldn't have been a chief uh, right now without all the steps that it took to get here. So I definitely wouldn't change it. 
Uh, the Marines, they're, they're, they're different. I can tell you that. So it's, uh, you know, everything that you've heard is probably, probably true in some form or fashion, but they got a different mission. They got to have a different mentality. So they, they want, they want to exude the utmost confidence in everything they do. And even if it's to a fault, sometimes some people are overconfident, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I learned how to be confident. Like I said, I was a little, a little shy, a little more mild mannered. And then when I came out of the Marines, the Air Force was like, hey, you just need to turn that down. Just, oh. just a little bit to the, about three clicks to the left because your command voice is, is, is low. Yeah. yeah. So bring it back down. But Gosh. yeah, but it, it all helped out. And like I said, I, I love being in the Marines. I love being in the Air Force. Uh, I love every step along the way. How about this? What are you currently learning about right now? Are you reading any books or just want any? professional or personal development endeavors yeah so i i'm not a big reader to be honest with you uh i i look at i'm randomly on youtube watching podcasts and and nothing really in particular just whatever subject that i because i i want to hear different sides of the story so i don't want to just jump on one particular person or one particular thing i just like to hear everybody's perspective uh, I have a lot of conversations with my peers and, and people along the way as well. So, like I said, when people call me and was like, hey, chief, we need to talk. Um, it, it probably does more for me in that conversation than it does for the member themselves, because they're kind of going over their life story or what they're struggling with at that moment. And that helps me with myself because I'm able to open up and, and have a conversation with someone that I feel like, you know, if you if you're genuine about you know what you're talking about and you're willing to share as a leader uh, people trust you a little bit more and so i'm able to kind of go through my life and go through my experiences and and try to help myself while i'm helping someone else so it's 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 a it's a weird thing that i was like man i'm me talking to you is is helping me and so i just like having conversations with people um people that 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 don't necessarily agree with my viewpoint or or people that do agree like it doesn't sure. matter so yeah. just just learning from other people. So that's that's kind of my personal development path is is just sitting down in a room and having conversations like this and just, you know, like I said, when when people, it's cool to people reach out to you because they feel like, you know what, Chief, Chief will listen to me. And um, and so we talk and that, that helps me out. So there's no, no books or nothing particular. I'm just curious about people. I'm a, I don't know, I'm fascinated by people. Oh, that's awesome. That's my favorite part, honestly, about being a career assistance advisor. Just when I have those individuals walk through the door. And sometimes they have a, an objective, something they want to accomplish oh, yeah. when, I, when they're talking to me. But other times, we'll just be in there and I'll be getting to know them. They'll be getting to know me. And then after an hour's gone by, it's like, oh, you probably need to get back to work. Yeah, yeah, no, but... absolutely. Because <laughs> my conversation do last a long time. So it's like two or, two or three hours later. But I think I think it, it does something for that person. And so... Um, and it does something for me as well. So I think, uh, you know, it's time well spent. You got to invest in people, man. Cause like I said, uh, knowledge is nothing. If, if I'm just going to keep it in my head, you got, you got to pour that into other people. Thank you, chief. Um, that's about it for the time, but yeah. thank you so much for coming out here. I really hope you enjoy Fairchild. We are super excited to have you out here this week or for the next couple of days. Is there anything you'd like to impart on us? before you head out and go see the rest of the base. Oh man, I'm just like I said, I'm I'm happy to be here. I wanna thank uh, you know, Chief Guzman for inviting me out, Masson Collins and Masson Zavala for kinda hosting me and uh, uh Jimmy uh, for, for you know, he 
he's a superstar here because everybody, yes. Yes. everybody, everybody knows Jimmy. And yep. um, when you got a general manager that uh, everybody knows uh, on the base, and he's tapped into all these touch points, whether it's the, the command chief or the, the commander or the CAA or the first iron council, like those are touch points. That's how you know a, a GM really cares about that their AOR or whatever. So whenever they're tapped in and, and they're, they're, he's always trying to find yes, uh, no matter how, well, even though y'all are asking for a, a certain, certain things, <laughs> but we try to get to some form of yes. And, uh, you know, cause all we want to do is we want to support the airmen and, and the service members and their families, the veterans in this community. And so we, we want to get you guys what you want. So uh, we appreciate, I, like I said, I appreciate coming out here and, uh, Meeting, you know, good folks like yourself, you know, just seeing what you, you guys do on a daily basis, how you support our, our country. Well, we really appreciate everything you and your team members back home do, too. So please make sure you take that along with you. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. I'll let them know. But yeah. Thank you again, Chief, so much. Thank you, everybody else that came to help out. And again, this has been another episode of Refill Team Fairchild. You guys have a great day. All right, everyone. That wraps up another Refuel Team Fairchild episode. If you guys have show ideas people you'd like to hear from, or even would like to join me on an episode, please send an email my way. You can email me at 92fss.fsdp.fairchildcaa at us.af.mil. All right, you guys have a spectacular day.